Okay, we are in Sefer Dvorim, Sefer Aleph, Perek Vav, Pasuk Lamites, the Ele Moshvasam Lachirosam. So we have learned that all the Shvatim get a Nachala, an inheritance in Eretz Kinan that would be given them by Yoshua and through lottery. Glaringly missing from the list are the Levian. And the basis for that omission is in Barmidbar, as we learned, Perek Yudches Pasuk Chav, by Yomer Hashem El Aaron, Kaddish Baruch Hu tells Aaron HaKohen, Ba'artsam Lo Sinchav. In that land, in their land, they will not have Nachalos, the Chelek, Lo Yihia And they will not have a portion, a designated portion within the land. Ani because I am the Chelek and the Nachal of the Levim. the Levim are mine, the Soch Yisrael. It is my portion. They will have no portion in the land. And Rashi goes on to say that even in the conquest of Canaan, they will not share in the treasure, the booty, etc. I am their Nachla. It's a noble sentiment, but it still leaves open the question, they have got to live somewhere, the Levian. And so what the Torah prescribes is that 48 separate cities are established for the Levian. They are established, of course, by lottery. They are established by every tribe donating land to the Levian. Remember, a lot of the Levium have to be close to Yerushalayim, to the base on Mikdash, but that's how it will be done. Each tribe contributing, and we're going to see every tribe does in fact contribute, with the exception of Dun, and we'll talk about that later. So, we begin, Pasuklamit test, the Elemos Rosam Latirosam Big Bulam. This is where they will dwell. Um, the children of the Leviites, they will take this by lottery. And one of the cities given to them is Hebron in the land of Judea. Makes sense, it's close to Yerushalayim. With its open field around it. One of the requirements of these 48 cities of the Levium is that they be surrounded by a thousand almost in each direction of open land. They would have open land, but they would um, have gardens and vegetation, but it had to be open, very attractive land. The outlying suburbs and environs of Hebron, they gave to Kolev ben Yefuna as his Nachla. Why is this here? What's the connection? The connection is, you will recall, 
when Kaleb was one of the spies sent to Eretz Kinan, he diverted on the way there to Hebron, where the Mephoshim tell us he prayed and asked for guidance, etc., through his trilos. He then asked later on that he be given Hebron, or Hebron be part of his Nachla, and they said, yes, fine. But they mean Hebron, as we're going to see, the suburbs, as Chatzeroha, as Stehoir, not Hebron itself, because that was needed. Now, among those 48 cities, 42 are for the Levium, six are what we call R.A. Miklot, literally cities of refuge, as we would say in today's parlance, sanctuary cities, and we're going to talk about that. So, these six cities they gave to Aaron as Hebron, as Livna, as Migrosheha, its fields, as Yeter, as Eshtama, as Migrosheha, as Chilo, as Migrosheha, as Devir, as Migrosheha, as Oshan, as Migrosheha, as Beishemesh, as Migrosheha. These six cities were divided. Three were on the eastern bank, and the west rest are in the western bank. The question you might ask, and the Gemara in Marcos asked that, why would you need as many cities of Ori Miklat on the east bank, which was so underpopulated, you had just two and a half tribes, as opposed to the other tribes on the eastern bank, yet you have the same amount of Ore Miklod. And surprisingly, the Gemara says, there were more crimes and more criminals on the east bank. They don't give a reason why, but apparently they needed three each. So let's talk about this Ore Miklod. What the Torah provides is that if someone kills somebody else, another person, totally what we would call shogay, uh, absolute shogay, yes. It's just a strange, because the, how could they have known the crime until the crime, I mean, the, they set up the cities. Go ahead. And then subsequently the crime happened later, and then the demographics came out. Okay. The crime was happening, so how could they have known prior to that? Good question. Answer is the three on the East Bank do not become active until the West Bank ones become active, until the people have been settled. You are assuming they do not activate because until the rest of Canaan has been conquered, now they're triggered. Because even if you think about it, all the men were on the West Bank fighting with their brothers, so who was there to kill people? So they just become activated later, but apparently there was a crime wave on the East but it Bank. Was, it was established like that, like a few rough colors, like they knew it was going to be crime, so they started to... Yeah, apparently they, they, they do an equal number at that time. They don't get activated till later. So... What the Torah is telling us, if you kill somebody, absolute shogay, the Torah says, someone someone kills a person accidentally, so now he runs to one of these six designated ear miklot. Why? Because 
First, there's got to be a trial. After he gets there, there's going to be a trial to see, is it in fact Shogay? And two, there is an individual called the Goel Hadam, literally the redeemer of blood. The family had someone charged with avenging this crime. So the individual who committed this crime, again, totally Bishogay, totally with unforeseen negligence. I mean, a classic case, even the Gemara gives it, is a guy is rounding the corner holding a knife in his hand, and another guy just runs around and runs into the knife, or accidentally the knife strikes him and he dies. So he goes to the R.A. Miklat. The rule is you had to mark the weight of the R.A. Miklat. There had to be signs all over that said Miklat. And he ran to that R.A. Miklat, and once he got into the precincts of that city, the Goel Hadam could not kill him. By the way, if the Goel Hadam does kill him legitimately out of the R.A. Miklat, the Goel Adam goes free, even though this was an accidental homicide. But in any event, he goes to this city. He will be judged. The Besdin either comes to him or they take him out under guard to the Besdin. They decide, yes, it's, it's the Shogeg. He is to live in this city, this Ore Miklot, until the Kohen Godot dies. So, depending on the age of the Kohen Godol and the length of the Kohen Godol's term, that's how long he stays in this R.A. Miklot. If he wanders out of the R.A. Miklot or leaves the R.A. Miklot for some purpose, the Goel Hadam, he is open, open game. The Goel Hadam can kill him without any penalty. So he lives in this R.A. Miklot until the Kohen Godol dies, and you may ask, what does the Kohen Gadol's longevity or lack of have to do with the length of his sentence? The Medjur says that the Kohen Gadol is charged with praying for all his people. And then if it's failed, as this thing is a failure in the system, the Kohen Gadol will be held accountable. In a very interesting Medrash, the Gemara tells us in Marcos, the mothers of the Kohen Gadol would send packages, care packages, gift packages of food and clothing to the Ir Miklot just as sort of an incentive that the individual there would not pray for the death of their sons, the Kohen Gadol. So they would be there till the Kohen Gadol once they were freed, they were immune from attack by the Goel Hadam, and they went back to a normal, as it were, existence. There are some fascinating, fascinating rules of the one going to the Goel Hadam. We don't have time for them, but it's again in Marcos. There are about eight pages on the year Miklot. And one of them is that, let's say, a minor, a young person, is sentenced to an or Miklot. He's a Talmud, he's a student. His Rebbe has to go with him to the R.A. Miklot. Or, conversely, the Rebbe is a, a candidate for an ERA Miklat. The whole ta- group of Talmudim have to go with him to learn. So that it's a, a complicated system of legality, but it was designed to keep a certain social order 
in society. You didn't have this vigilante justice where, you know, they would take the law into their own hands. And so that is the law of Arei Miklot, the six designated cities, and you could spend hours on it. The, uh, the body of law is extensive and fascinating. When is it negligence? When is it foreseeable negligence? It's the basis of a lot of our tort law today at common law. So, uh, those are the six they give to our own. Uh, and now the cities that are belong to the Levium itself. Those are still the Yore Miklot. Pasuk Memhei Umimate Binyamin Es Gevav Es Migrosheha Yeselomos Es Migrosheha Beanosos Es Migrosheha Kolorehem Shlosheshreir Bemishbachosam. They, the 13 of the remaining 42, were donated from uh, Binyamin. Again, they're in proximity to the base Hamikdash. Anatot, you will remember, is the city where Yirmiyahu comes from, and it's there where they tried to kill him, his own townspeople, we've learned, in Yirmiyahu. Ulebnei Kahas, the children of Kahas, Hanosarim mishpachas hamatem imachitsim, mate chatsiminasheh begoro orim eser. They give them the other half of the tribe of Menasheh that's on the uh, western bank, they give them another 10 cities. Ulevnei Gershom, the Mishpachosam, Mimate Yisachar, Mimate Osher, Mimate Naphtali, these tribes, Mimate Menashe Baboshon, Orem Shloshesrei, they get 13 cities. Ulevnei Merari, the other brother, the Mishpachosam, Mimate Ruvain, Mimate God, Mimate Zvulun, Magoro, by lottery, Orem Shtemesrei, 12. And so, B'nai Israel gives them those fields. Again, the Migrash, the open land around it, is, is critical, and it is mentioned each time. This is the city's that they gave him. They had from Ephraim gives them land. So still, this is the way they attribute again, each tribe giving a certain amount of land. As we've said, Dun does not contribute. The reason Dun does not contribute is that he names four cities that he will contribute, but he hasn't conquered them yet in Canaan. So two, Ephraim conquer, which they will donate. Two, he never conquers. He never gets around to conquering. And so the Medrash tells us he loses his schus. He loses the privilege of donating to the Levian. 
So Lepnegir shown me Mishbachas Chatzimah Temen Asha is Golan Babashan Vesh Migvashel Vesh Ashtoros Vesh Migvashel Mimate Yisochar Vesh Kedesh Vesh Migvashel Vesh Dovarato Vesh Migvashel Vesh Ramok Vesh Migvashel Vesh Aneim Vesh Migvashel Umimate Osher Vesh Moshel Vesh Migvashel Vesh Avdom Vesh Migvashel Vesh Chukach Vesh Migvashel Vesh Rechol Vesh Migvashel Umimate Neftoli as Kedesh Ragolil, as Migrosheha, as Hamon, as Migrosheha, as Kiryasam, as Migrosheha. With name of Marie, Anosarim, as Zabulin, as Rimono, as Migrosheha, as Tobar, that's Matni Mount Tabar, as Migrosheha, and the open fields. Umeever Hayardain, Yerechel, and Mizrach Hayardain, Mimate Ruvain, as Betzer, Bamidbar, as Migrosheha, as Yetzov, as Migrosheha, as Kedmos, as Migrosheha, as Miafes, as Migrosheha. Umimate God, as Ramos, Bagilad, as Migrosheha, as Machanayim, as Migrosheha, as Cheshmon, as Migrosheha, as Yazir, as Migrosheha. So we see the system of 48 cities each tribe giving, again, by lottery. Each these were where the Levites were designated. We see, again, that Dun is left out of the equation. And we see, of course, the fascinating laws of, um, of Ir Mikla. So we will continue in Yerz Hashem to Issachar and other tribes that we have not mentioned for the Ir Levim in Yerz Hashem Monday morning, 845 you will not want to miss this. Be there. Ad Khan.